Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Discovery. Time flies when you're learning super cool stuff. I'm Nate. And I'm Callie. If you're dropping in for the first time, welcome to Curiosity, where we aim to blow your mind by helping you to grow your mind. If you're a loyal listener, welcome back. Today, you'll learn about turning dirty fog into drinking water, how hookworms might help stave off diabetes, and a surprising link between memory and paranoia. Without further ado, let's satisfy some curiosity. What if you could drink clouds? <laughs> that sounds like something out of Willy Wonka. Um, would it work? Like you take a hot air balloon up and just start chugging? Do I get a straw? Like how's this working here? <laughs> the great water fountain in the sky, right? All right. Well, not quite. Think about maybe a cloud that's a little closer to the ground. Like fog? Exactly. Scientists <laughs> have come up with a new way to do this, and it's pretty cool. Back up. A new way? Does that mean that there's an old way? Well, the thing is, people who live in places where there's a ton of fog but not a ton of drinking water have been gathering water from fog for a long time already. Gotcha. Okay, so I'm guessing it's some kind of condensation catcher, like a pitcher of lemonade on a hot day with beads of water just sort of dripping down the sides. Well, you're actually not too far off. While there are quite a few ways to harvest water from the human air around you, the one that's seemingly most available to folks in places where certain resources are lacking is basically a net or mesh setup that catches the little droplets of water and fog and funnels it down into a container. Does it work really well? Totally. They say you can catch several hundred liters of water every single day from a mesh system that's only a few square meters. Okay, so not to sound like a naysayer, but if it works so well, why does it need to be reinvented? Like, is this just a matter of researchers looking for something to keep them busy? Well, there's a twist. In places where people need to gather water from fog, especially in urban areas, water isn't the only thing in the air. That fog is full of pollution. Okay, I actually didn't see that one coming. Right. Some fog can be so polluted it is entirely unusable. But because this system is so effective at providing much-needed water to folks who need it, Researchers at ETH Zurich wanted to figure out a way to not only gather the water from fog, but also to clean it. All right, now we're talking. So this really does sound like a game changer. It could be. They built a mesh system using metal wire containing a melange of different polymers and titanium dioxide. The polymers basically help capture the droplet, and the titanium dioxide is a catalyst that breaks down the pollutants in the water. And it works? Like a champ. In fact, it needs very little maintenance once you install it. It can basically recharge itself for an entire day with as little as a half hour of sunshine because of something called photocatalytic memory. That means that even in places that are super foggy, just a little bit of sunshine will keep these babies dripping with water even through the dark hours of the night. Cool. So clean drinking water from clouds. Eh, what could be better? I'm glad you asked, because this system got them so excited that they want to place them all over the place, including over cooling towers at power plants, 
which release millions of tons of water vapor every year. So you can capture it and make sure it's clean and maybe even reuse it, something like that? Yep. This is one of those stories I love, where researchers took a very simple existing technology, added a pretty straightforward twist, and solved what was becoming a huge problem. Yeah, and with water shortages in some places really looming, it's not a minute too soon. I'll drink fog water to that. Maybe don't say it like that. Now we go from drinking clouds to eating worms. Mm, do we have to? <laughs> if results from a study from James Cook University in Australia prove to be accurate, we might all be eating worms in the future. Or at least those of us that are at risk for developing metabolic conditions like type 2 diabetes. Huh, I'm trying to figure out the link between eating worms and type 2 diabetes. I gotta say, I got nothing. Okay, it's not exactly eating worms. It's more like um, allowing yourself to become infested with them. Oh, uh, yeah, much better. <laughs> mm. Okay, okay. <laughs> Let me tell you about this study. So... Researchers have been studying the effects of hookworms on our systems for a while now because there is some thought that they might actually be good for us. You may know this already, but a hookworm is a teensy tiny parasite that uses its itty bitty teeth to latch onto the intestinal wall of its host. Yuck. Okay, why on earth would a hookworm be good for us? <laughs> it sounds like some kind of medieval bloodletting situation, doesn't it? I'll admit it doesn't sound pretty, but the thing is, when these little guys infest our guts, they have a stake in keeping us healthy. A healthy, happy human means a safe place full of food where they can live and thrive. Okay, hang on. You're saying they actually make us healthier so that they can keep on hanging out in our guts. Exactly. And the study seems to show that this is actually the case. They took 24 people who are at risk of developing type 2 diabetes and basically gave them each a certain number of hookworm larvae. Over the first year of the study, all of them saw their insulin levels drop. Was there a placebo group? Like, how did these 24 people do compared to people who weren't, you know, infested with worms? Great question. Another study showed that the subjects who were infested with 20 larvae saw huge progress. Their insulin levels actually returned to normal, while those who took a placebo actually saw their insulin levels go up. So there's really something going on here. Absolutely. And not only that, they found higher cytokines in those folks. Those are the things that regulate immune responses and indicated lower levels of inflammation. So the worms lower insulation levels and lowered inflammation. Well, I sense a new superhero hitting the screen soon. Wonder Worm. Check this out. Not only were the test subjects' insulin and inflammation reduced, they also reported feeling better. That sounds all just too good to be true. Like, what if these hookworms get out? Are they, like, contagious? <laughs> they can live for a decade, and they only reproduce outside of the body. So as long as good hygiene is practiced, the risk of transmission is really low. Okay, so what's the catch? I'm, there is no catch, other than to say this study isn't the end-all be-all, but it definitely paves the way for bigger and more robust experiments. They even think that this could lead to new treatments that replicate the effects of the hookworms without actually having to deal with, you know, being infested. <laughs> All right, well, consider me hooked. Gross. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A new study is showing some rather mysterious links between feelings of paranoia and memory, and it involves something called a novelty boost. Novelty boost. Okay, that sounds like some kind of sketchy energy drink. (laughs) Well, it's actually much cooler than that. So scientists have known for a long time that folks who suffer from all types of psychosis disorders, including schizophrenia, also have some trouble with memory. But here's the thing. Nobody really knows why. Like they don't understand the mechanisms behind the memory trouble? That's exactly right. The connections just aren't that well understood. And for what it's worth, our understanding of both psychosis and memory have come a long way in the past decades, but both of them remain rather mysterious. So it follows that their connection to each would still be a bit of a blank. I mean, that makes sense. But it does seem like an area that is primed for new research. Uh, Totally. Researchers are constantly running studies to understand both memory and psychosis disorders. That's where a research team led by William N. Kohler at Yale comes in. They wanted to look at the connection between feelings of paranoia and something called novelty detection. Huh, okay. Uh, If I had to guess, I'd say it has something to do with being able to figure out if what you're looking at is new. You have nailed it. To explain it a little deeper, let's look at the study. It'll all make sense, I promise. Sure. Okay, so the study. So they recruited 450 people through an online platform called Prolific. Everyone filled out a questionnaire to assess their level of paranoid tendencies. So, like, whether or not they felt like someone was out to get them, something like that? Right. Paranoia at its core is the feeling that something or someone is out to get you without having any rational proof that it's actually true. We've all felt it at some point, right? You know, the second a mysterious number pops up on my phone, I can't help but think someone's trying to steal my identity or something, (laughs) even though it's probably just a wrong number. Yeah, or when someone knocks on the door out of nowhere, just not a chance. (laughs) But for some people, it can be a really harrowing chronic challenge. So the study rated the 450 participants paranoid tendencies and then gave each of them a memory test. This is where it gets pretty interesting. They showed them pictures of everyday objects. Some of them were new. They'd never seen those images before. Some of them were old. They had seen them before. And some were new, but similar enough to old ones that you'd like kind of recognize them. Okay. New pics, old pics, similar pics. Got it. The important image, it turns out, isn't the one you're looking at. It's the one that came before it. All right. That is a bit of a twist. So it's because there's this special kind of superpower of the mind. When we see something new or something novel, we tend to remember everything that comes after it better. Wait, so our memory improves just because we see something new? It's called the novelty boost. And they're not totally sure why it happens, but it's been demonstrated over and over in studies, and it just works. It could have evolved because when our ancestors walked into a new and strange environment, they knew they had to be especially on guard. Sure, I mean, that makes sense. A new place could be a dangerous place, so you'd better be on the lookout. Right. But whatever the cause, it turns out that people with paranoid tendencies don't get much benefit from this novelty boost. Detecting new things didn't really help their memory as much as it did for participants with less paranoid tendencies. And that means that they're actually missing cues from the outside world, which could make the world seem more unpredictable and threatening in turn. So missing novel cues 
can actually lead to more paranoia? Absolutely. The researchers are the first to admit that they don't fully understand what's going on here and that the study had its own limitations. It wasn't a clinical double-blind study, and all participants were asked to sort of self-diagnose with the questionnaire. But research like this can start to build on our understanding of the links between memory and psychosis disorders. And we've seen it a million times on this show. Studies like this only make researchers more curious. They almost always lead to new studies, right? Yes. And that's where this one is going. Bigger, more scientific studies. And one of the even more important pieces has to do with destigmatizing psychosis disorders. By some estimates, nearly one in a hundred people suffer from a range of these disorders, but there simply isn't enough open conversation about them. No conversation can mean no research, and no research means fewer effective treatment options. Well, no one ever accused us of not talking about something. If you're curious, nothing is off the table. Curiosity. What a novel concept. Let's recap what we learned today to wrap up. Researchers had developed a metal mesh system that not only captures water droplets from fog, it eliminates pollutants from it, making it safe for people to drink and cook with. This tech could help millions of people in parched and crowded places get the water they need. A new study has shown that a minor infestation of hookworms can lessen the risk of type 2 diabetes and reduce inflammation in human hosts. The parasites actually work to make their hosts get healthier so that these little squiggly guys can live longer. Researchers have found that people with paranoid tendencies don't benefit from noticing new things in their environment. Usually when we see something new or novel, it boosts our memories, but not so for people suffering from a wide range of psychosis disorders. Researchers aren't sure why, but they are excited for further study. Curiosity Daily is produced by Wheelhouse DNA for Discovery. You can follow our show wherever you get your podcasts, and we would love it if you could take a second to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts.